Well, good evening, Hosanna. Uh, how is everybody doing? Good. Uh, my name is Luke Allison. I'm one of the pastors of spiritual formation here, and I'm really excited. But before I get started, I wanted to invite the ushers forward, thank you very much, uh, to receive tonight's offering. And as always, we thank you guys uh, for being people who give generously and who live generously. Uh, thank you very, very much. So um, I want to kind of jump right into what we're going to be talking about tonight, because I don't know if you know it, but tonight is Ash Wednesday. You know this, right? But what other day is it? Well, it's Wednesday, yes. What other? It's Valentine's Day, yes. And, and so I came up with, with Happy Vashlintines Wednesday. Um, it took me all day, <laughs> all day. Uh, you know, that doesn't have much of a ring to it. So the thing is, Valentine's Day, you know, obviously there's a long sort of tradition going back a while that Valentine's Day is all about romantic love and the celebration of romantic love. And Ash Wednesday is a day that reminds us of our mortality and the weight of sin, now, I don't know a ton about romantic relationships, a little bit, uh, but here's one thing I know is that if you have plans later tonight to have a date, a dinner date of some kind, keep those two topics far away from each other, right? Um, look into each other's eyes. Happy Valentine's Day, honey. Just know that you're mortal and someday you'll die, <laughs> you know, um, a good way to ruin the dinner. Sorry. So traditionally, um, Ash Wednesday has been the day where we uh, give something up, or maybe we fast, or we turn to God in such a way, we draw close to him uh, through the season of Lent, going all the way to Good Friday and Easter and everything that happens in Holy Week. Uh, it's interesting. I, I heard somebody just recently say, uh, I've decided to give up for Lent my New Year's resolutions. Um, <laughs> This giving up idea is out there in our culture. You know, maybe some of us grew up in a church culture where that was the norm, uh, giving things up, fasting. But what is the point of Ash Wednesday? I actually don't think that the point of Ash Wednesday is fasting or giving something up for Lent. Here's what I think the point is. And ironically enough, it ties perfectly in to Valentine's Day because what is the, the one symbol that you associate with Valentine's Day? Yell it out. A heart, yes. And I happen to have a nice, big, beautiful red Valentine's heart here today. Uh, Ash Wednesday is all about the heart. Now, what do I mean by that? What I want to do is get a little old school on you and, and read a text that's traditionally been associated with Valentine's Day. But before I do that, here's what I want you to do. Some of you may be very familiar with this and others not. I would like everybody who's able to stand for the reading of the scripture. So go ahead, stand up. And I'm going to read the scripture. You can follow along silently uh, to yourself as we read on the screen. And when I'm done, some of you will know this, but others won't. I want you to say, I'm going to say, this is the word of the Lord. And what do you say back to me? Thanks be to God. Right. Thanks be to God. So I say, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And then you're able to sit for the rest of the time here. So I'm going to do that. So here it is, Joel 2, 12 to 13. And just to give you some background before we get started, this happens during a time when the people of God have wandered and walked far away from him and they're experiencing trouble, calamity. So this is what God says, Joel 2, 12 to 13. This is why the Lord says, Turn to me now while there is time. Give me your hearts. Come with fasting, weeping, and mourning. Don't tear your clothing in your grief, but tear your hearts instead. Return to the Lord your God, for he is merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. He is eager to relent and not punish. This is the word of the Lord. 
You may be seated. Awesome. I love to do that sometimes. So God says, I want your hearts. And that's my message for tonight. Have a great rest of your night. We'll see you later. Yeah, if only. You can never get a pastor to be that short with anything, right? Um, what is the heart? This is the question we have to ask. In, in the scriptures, in the Hebrew way of thinking, the heart is not just the organ in our body, although they knew that was a thing that was very important, and it is important, but the heart is more than that. The heart is where all of your passions and your emotions and your loves are centered, and these are called the desires of your heart. Maybe you've heard Psalm 37, where it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Um, Another way of saying this, and this is kind of fascinating, is uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Now, who said that? Jesus. That's always the right answer to every question in Sunday school. Jesus. And the heart is really the center of everything that makes you, you, and me, me, which is why there's a famous proverb that says, guard your heart, for from it flow the wellsprings of life. So the heart might be one of the most important images for us to understand when we read the scriptures. But there's a problem. The prophet Jeremiah comes along and he says the human heart is fundamentally broken. It's wicked and deceitful above all things. Who can even understand it, he says. And some of you who have teenagers who are going through maybe puberty right now are like, yes, I totally resonate with what he's saying. Who can understand it? This is why, this is the reason why we put ashes on our foreheads. Deep down, this is the reason to remind us that we need help. That we can't do this thing on our own. That fundamentally, deep down inside, there's something here that needs healing. That needs restoration. That needs saving. Turn to your neighbor real quick and say, you need serious help. (laughs) But, but, say this too, but I love you anyway. Say that. Good, all right. I was got to add that one at the end. Um, I was reading an article recently in National Geographic, and it was really fascinating. It talked about uh, how when fireflies get close to each other, close enough, they begin to blink their lights in sync with each other. They start out different, and they move together. Uh, The same thing seems to happen all over nature. For instance, we see birds in flying patterns that begin to beat their wings together. And we see humans that walk in groups begin to walk in sync to each other. And the thing that the scientists in this article had discovered was that people who are in relationship, not just family, but friends too, when a loved one is doing something that they empathize with, the two of their hearts begin to beat rhythmically and in sync with each other. The closer you know and love someone, the quicker it happens. You know, just this past Sunday, who was here this past Sunday or this past weekend? Many of you. Jen Alexander spoke. It was a fantastic message, but here's what she said. I'm quoting quoting her here. She said, The heartbeat of Jesus was perfectly aligned with his Father. From the beginning of time, the Father's heartbeat has always been for the poor and the powerless and the vulnerable, the ones who are on the outsides of the margins. And I would even add to that even the hurting and the weeping and the lonely and the ones far from home. These are the people his heart beats for. And for what purpose? Well, to bring hope and to bring healing and to bring restoration and to bring redemption and to bring love and to bring freedom and to bring liberty. All of these things God's heart beats for. 
This weekend, coming up, we're going to start our Lenten series. And many of you are familiar with the practice of Lent. But our Lenten series is all about prayer. And I don't know about you, but I can't think of a better definition of prayer than this. The slow, patient, joyous, and sometimes difficult process of aligning and syncing our heartbeat with the heartbeat of Almighty God. That's prayer. In that text we read, God says, don't tear your clothing, tear your hearts. In that culture, we know people would, and still in some cultures today, people would actually take their clothes and to show how sad or upset they were, they'd tear them off. So as a practice, what I want to do is have us all do this. So on the count of three, one, two, three. No, I didn't think so. I'm really happy nobody took me up. There's a lot of passionate people here, so I was, I was kind of worried, but um, not a very good idea in church, although it would make a very uh, interesting and exciting funeral, perhaps, maybe, but we'll see. Um, <laughs> here's what God says. Don't tear your clothing, tear your hearts. I don't really care about the outward stuff as much if your heart isn't involved of it. What I really want you to do is to go inward, Look at what's happening inside you at the deepest part of what makes you, you. I mean, all that outward stuff is great. You know, putting the ashes on our head is great. But what God really wants is the heart. The heart. We've, on some level, maybe, tended to think of Lent as this time where we, ah, I'm letting go of something, and I don't get it for a long time. I'm giving something up for Lent. Chocolate, maybe. And who knows that when you do that, when you give something up, and ah, the only thing you can think about for the next six weeks is the thing you just let go of, right? The focus is all on that thing. But in the text, God says, grab hold of your heart and, 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 and don't worry about the outward. Go inward and grab the heart instead and, and tear it open and empty out all the stuff that's been clogging it. And allow my heart to fill your heart with all of my grace and all of my goodness and all of my mercy and my compassionate. Return to me and align your heartbeat with my heartbeat so we can beat as one so that you can go and do the things I have called you to do and live the life I have called you to live. I get excited about this stuff if you can't tell. (laughs) This is where true transformation takes place. Now, the thing is, of course... What happens is we have to, you know, let go of the thing we're currently holding on to if we want to grab hold of the thing that God wants us to grab hold of. But it's not all about the letting go. It's about the grabbing hold. So I'm thinking rather than what will I give up for Lent, uh, what I want to do is I want to say, what do I need to let go of so I can grab hold of the thing God has called me to grab hold of? Because that's where life is found. I can let go of a lot of stuff if I have something amazing to hold on to. But here's the truth, and we know this. Maybe maybe we've experienced this, that our heartbeats are often far from the heartbeat of God. They can move far from his heartbeat. Our hearts can feel very far away from him. So, I think there are three things that we need to do during this Lenten season until 
we go into that amazing time of Good Friday in order to get our hearts into a place where they begin to line up with his heartbeat so that we can see things through his eyes. Here's the three things, and go ahead and write these down if you have a pen and paper, because they're not going to be on the screen, I don't believe. But the first one is relax, relax. The second is revitalize, and your guess is as good as mine in terms of how to spell that, so revitalize, <laughs> which just means come back alive again. And then the third one is re-sync, S-Y-N-C, re-sync. So relax, revitalize, and resync. And let me just walk through all three of these and kind of talk about them a little bit. So the first one is, in order for us to be in a place where we can align our heartbeat with God's heartbeat, we're going to have to relax our heart. Now think about this. Uh, if God's heartbeat is something like this, maybe, or just imagine with me, <laughs> a lot of our heartbeats are more like this. On our daily life, we have a racing heartbeat. Our work is pulling us this way, and our family is pulling us this way, and troubles in our lives are pulling us this way, and our friends are pulling us this way, and money issues are pulling us this way, and our personal health that's saying, please, please listen to me, is pulling us this way. Do you feel me a little? So here's the question I want to ask you, and these are questions I will ask you, but I think that maybe these are questions that all of us need to go, and I'm going to do this too for Lent, to go and ask the Holy Spirit, because he's the one who searches the deep places of our hearts and knows what's there. But this is the question I want to ask you right now is, what do you need to let go of so you can grab onto your heart like God has said and help it to relax, to slow it down? to get in a place where that can happen. Everyone, go like this with me. <sighs> do that once. <laughs> it feels relaxing to do it once, right? <laughs> what if we did it many times in the course of the day? Took some time to connect with God and just let ourselves get re-centered again. Second one is revitalize. Now, this is about a cold, maybe a cold and a lifeless heartbeat that has slowed down. Ba-bump. Ba-bump. Maybe you feel numb. That's a word we hear a lot around here from people we talk to. I just feel numb. Maybe you feel apathetic. You know, maybe we're in that place where life has kind of lost its color and things are black and white, like a fog is over us. Modern life does that. <laughs> the barrage of information that comes our way, the extremely horrific news stories from all over the world, coupled with, you know, baby koala born at the zoo, like we don't know what to do with that. It starts to numb us after a while. And I'm kind of kidding, but I'm serious at the same time. It has this callousing effect. After a while, we just don't want to engage anymore because we're just tired of it all. And when you hear someone up front like me saying, you know, talking about restoration and hope and all of this stuff, you're just kind of like, I wish I could get excited about that. But right now, nothing. Uh, I read a story, another story, and over the past few years in third world countries, there's been an uptick in uh, the, the rate in which infants survive their infancy. 
So infant mortality has gone down in many of these places. And the nurses and the care people who deal with this have a really amazing thing that they've started to do that's actually contributed to this. It's called uh, kangaroo mothering. Kangaroo mothering. Here's the idea. If you want to throw that picture up there. Here's the idea. Just like a kangaroo's pouch... They take the infant who's, you know, and take all the clothes off the infant and let them just be skin, just naked. The little infant lays across the mother's chest, skin to skin, heartbeat to heartbeat, sometimes for hours, always the first hours of their life, but sometimes for days. And they found that vital signs improve and emotional health signs, smiles and facial expressions and all of these things improve. The vital signs get stronger. Their heartbeat begins to stabilize, especially for premature infants who are born before the time. Uh, Their heartbeats get stronger. And this is actually something that's being used now in the first world as well for infants that have heart conditions. They're finding that this is a way to help them. Now listen to me when I say this. If your heart is lifeless... And this isn't a word of judgment. This is empathy with you because I feel this. I know if your heart is lifeless, the only cure, the only cure for a dead heart is through proximity with love. Close, skin on skin, heartbeat to heartbeat relationship with the God who is love. So let me ask you a question. And again, a question to go and take to your private life What do you need to let go of today and during Lent in order to grab hold of your heart and revitalize it in that close relationship? Last one is resync. Now, here's one this is interesting that our heart is beating at normal speed. You know, da-jump, 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 strong even, excited, lifeful. It's just beating for things that God's heart doesn't beat for. Money. It's always going to come first because Jesus always puts it first, you know. Status, uh, keeping up with the Joneses. You know, uh, I've talked to a bunch of people in the past month where it's like they're really struggling and angry about it. I look at Facebook and I see these people on a vacation somewhere and I'm like, what do you want to rub my nose in it? I mean, we should be on that vacation. You know, They're angry about it. They're, they're, they're intense about it. Passionate even. Power, looks. Relationships. Oh man, relationships. Politics. Uh-oh, I won't say anything else, you know. Maybe talk radio, I'll say that one. Uh, Some of us, even though we've done a lot of robe tearing in our lives, you know, done a lot of robe tearing, some of us, if we look deep inside and we're really honest, we are carrying around in our heart all kinds of bitterness and anger and grudges and unforgiveness. And yes, maybe even hatred towards this people group or that people group who we think are wrong. And all of those things get our, take our heart and make it beat, 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 beat. But it's beating out of alignment and out of sync with the heartbeat of Almighty God. I've found that this is the hardest one for me because when this starts to happen to me, when I get out of sync, I begin to respond to situations that actually I think God is putting in my life. And how many of you know that God puts situations in your life on a regular basis for you to respond to, people to help? 
And I respond to these things exactly like everybody else in the world responds to them when my heart is out of sync. I had this experience recently when my wife, a really close friend of my wife, uh, over the period of about a year just started getting really mean to her, treating her badly, snapping at her, calling her names, criticizing everything about her. And I, being what I hope is a good husband, began to get very angry about this. And my response was, who needs her? Cut her loose. You don't need her anymore. They'd grown up together. They had a lot of history together. But my thought was, we don't need her anymore. In fact, I'm going to call her up and I'm going to let her know exactly what I think of her. And I carried that for a while. You know, beating strong. But here's what happened. As I got myself in a position where my heart slowed, as I got to a position where my heart began to come alive again because of proximity with my Father in heaven, when I sat and began to just be in his presence and experience his love, suddenly something began to shift inside of me and things began to get more clear. And suddenly he gave me a nudge and a picture in my heart of the dark sort of stuff that was going on in this person's life because of things they had gone through in their past. And suddenly my compassion rose up for this person and even my love rose up for this person. And I took time then and I got on my knees and I prayed for this person. And actually I spent a lot of time, I would say, contending spiritually for this person, like doing some spiritual warfare for them because I think there was some dark stuff going on. And it's amazing what happened. Literally almost in two days time, she called my wife and she said, I don't know. I feel like I've been like in a weird mood for a year. And we're like, well, duh, you know. But something broke inside of her and this darkness that was hanging over her broke open. And suddenly she was this kind, loving person again. She started crying on the phone and said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And through it, it's kind of a weird story where we're at now. Through it, she was able to go on this trip to Mexico where she had an encounter with God. You know, she had known God when she was young, but she had this encounter with God and her heart started to beat for him again. We need to get our hearts aligned with the heart of God so that we can respond to the people, places, and things that he puts in our lives in the way that he would respond. No matter which of these we struggle with, God's cry on this Ash Wednesday is the same as it was back then. So I want your heart. I want your heart. Come back to me. I'm compassionate. I'm merciful. I'm love. Now, could you imagine how powerful an experience Good Friday could be if for the next six weeks, all of us in this room begin to align ourselves with the heartbeat of God to get close to him? Holy Week could be a completely new transformative experience for all of us. I want that. Do you? Last thing that I'll say. I know that some of you are worn out and struggling in the room. There's lots of things going on in this room. I know that. And the thought of doing any of the stuff I've talked about all passionately tonight is just exhausting for you because it just feels like another thing. I got enough going on in my life without another thing to do. So here's the good news. Here's the gospel for you today is that there's not a single thing that you can do to earn God's love or to be accepted by God 
or to have him bring you into his heart and just hold you there. This is not about working ourselves to the bone in order to make God happy. This is about living into the life that he has called us to live and becoming the person that we've been created to become. But if you're worn out and you're weary, Jesus would say, come to me. Because he's the only one whose heart beat perfectly with the heartbeat of God. And we know that his heart was torn open. And out of his heart flew mercy and grace and all of the things that we need in order to step back into that place where we can align ourselves with the heart of God. In fact, the way to God, it says, the curtain that separates the presence of God from the world was torn open. So that now it's all free. It's all available for all of us, for whoever wants it. So as we celebrate the move from Good Friday to Easter, you know, from death to life, from ashes to alleluias is what Pastor Bill used to say. From racing lifeless out of sync hearts into hearts that are aligned with the heartbeat of God, may you experience the joy of experiencing and feeling that heart beating as one with yours. That's my prayer for you today and for the next six weeks as we go into this Lenten season. So can I pray for you? Heavenly Father, thank you for each person here. And Father, I know for each person there's different background and there's different things going on. But I know, Father, that for each one of them, they all need the same thing because all of us need you. So I pray now as Pastor Jared introduces this time that that each person here, Father, would experience the joy of having your heart beat in alignment with theirs. Pour your Holy Spirit out and, and help them to do that. Empower them to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.